This is the final whistle on Ocean FM as Sligo's under-20 All-Ireland semi-final against Kerry is confirmed for Salt Hill. Sligo's senior footballers get ready for a championship examination from the game's top-tier teams beginning with Sunday week's Connacht final against Galway. On the programme tonight, Sligo manager Tony McEntee on their approach to that final, the bigger picture for the team over the next four championship games and how he mightn't always have got it right when it comes to community with his players. Plus, we hear from Sligo's Kerry Gold. The thing that's really impressed me has just been the, the quality of footballers and um, their serious, serious talent in this group and, and in the county. And I think it's probably clear from, from what's going on at an underage level as well with the schools, um, with the 20s, with the minors, that there's you know really, really good crop of players coming through there. So no, it's been, I've been very impressed by the players here. Yeah, Pat Spillane Jr. on Sligo's football quality, talking black and white with Dad and why playing for Kerry has never really been an ambition for him. Welcome to the programme. This is Austin O'Callaghan and here are the contact details. 083 3500 530 by WhatsApp and by text. Sport at OceanFM.ie is the email address and we're on Twitter right now at OceanFM Sport. Also coming up, MCR manager Gary Funston, his side just one point away from clinching the Sligo Leitrim Southern Hotel Super League title in junior soccer and denying Carberry a record-breaking six in a row and if you've got old sports shoes in the house at home that you don't really need but you don't want to bin well Kira McHugh has the solution it's in Africa and he'll explain all about the In My Shoes charity appeal which he's spearheading nationally and it's sports shoes he's after so get hunting in the utility rooms the garages and the attics please more on that later but first confirmation from Crow Park this evening that Sligo's All-Ireland Under-20 Football Semi-Final against Kerry on Saturday week, the 6th of May, will be played at Pierce Stadium in Salt Hill in Galway. The throw-in time will be a quarter to five on Saturday afternoon. It'll be live here on Ocean and on TG Car on the telly. The second semi-final between Ulster champions Down and Leinster winners Kildare. It'll be played later on Saturday in Parnell Park in Dublin at 7pm. It's winner on the day in both games. That semi-final for Sligo, of course, will be on the eve of the senior team's Connacht final. Sligo against Galway is in Castlebar on Sunday the 7th of May at 1.45. Might be a weekend for the camper van if you have one. Well, the Sligo team held their Connacht final media night last night in Bacon at the Connacht GA Centre of Excellence and Ocean FM Sport was there. We're going to start with the boss, Sligo manager Tony McEntee, who had two main targets for his side at the start of the year get out of Division 4 tick and make a Connacht final tick and now with at least four more championship games to come including Sunday week's final the draw for the group stages by the way of the Sam Maguire Cup will be made next Tuesday at 1 o'clock does this all mean Sligo are ahead of schedule in their development? It's clearly bonus territory um, we have we've performed really well year to date and we're now at a stage where we can actually relax a wee bit and learn a wee bit more about ourselves in what's going to be a very difficult environment over the next six weeks. What has worked that has enabled your team to play well this year? I suppose there's a couple of factors in this. Uh, one is that the panel has been 
um, broadened and extended. Uh, we now carry about 37, 38 players actually this year. And we've had a huge change. There was 12 new players brought in last year. There was 10 new players brought in the year before. Sorry, this year and the year before. So it's quite a turnaround um, on, on the original panel back three years ago. Um, we have um, focused a lot on a couple of key areas, uh, strength and conditioning. Um, we have a fellow there called Sean Boyle from uh, Sean from Mayo. So Sean's a great fella. It's put a huge amount of work into these, these players. Uh, the players have responded well and are now doing all year round conditioning, which is massive uh, for, for the team. So that, that, that's, that's been the key point. Um, second thing then is that we have... Um, looked at areas whereby we needed attention. Uh, Ford coach, as an example, and we took in Colum uh, McFadden, and Colum has done a lot of work with them. You know, on our scoring averages, and our shooting percentages, and our where we're shooting from. All that other stuff is, is all well improved, and um, not just on a data point, but actually on the field as well. You know, so they're they're two key areas, and then beyond that, then it's simply it's it's a progression of work that that keeper or that you know coaching's doing in overtime. Is it by accident or design you've got a couple of Ulster voices on the sideline with you, a la Paul Durkin and Colm Anthony McFadden? <laughs> um, listen, I don't know, maybe it's subconsciously it's in there, but uh, the two fellas bring a huge credibility to them. Um, they're both very approachable fellas, they're both very honest people. Um, they have a really good way with players, you know, but they also have all-island medals in their pockets, you know, and, and it, it, there are recent enough all-island medals that air players can see who they are and remember them playing, you know, and I think that's that adds a lot to our credibility for management team. You mentioned the 38 players. It's a big group of players, and you know it's not easy keeping everybody happy. Do you find that part of the job easy, or, or, or maybe, maybe you have the temperament you can deal with that? I mean, it's it's, it's never pleasant, but you've, you you know you're not going to keep everybody happy. But how do you find dealing with that? Telling guys they're in the 26 or they're not, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera? Mm. It, it, it's clearly the most challenging part of my role. Um, that aspect of, of managing the 38 players um, to be honest I think if you ask some of the players who don't make the 26 they probably think I don't manage it well and I think that's a fair enough criticism um, because it is a very difficult place to be you know when they're pushing hard in training and they are pushing hard in training um, and when you have to tell somebody you're not making the 26 it is very difficult and I, and I often had to say and I said this to some of them that you know they may well be one of the 11 best players on the squad but I only need four defenders and I only need four forwards or whatever it is you know so um you know, it, it's often not necessarily a fair process if they don't make the 26. But it's, a, it's hard to manage, and I wouldn't say I get it right all the time, to be honest, often. But you've got a fair bit of it right because the results speak for themselves. You know, and, and did you feel on a personal level a sense of pressure to, to find results this season because it was your third year in charge? Uh, yeah, for sure. You know, um, but, but not just for myself, but for this team as well, because I know this team is actually good enough, and I knew they were good enough last year to get up. Like, and I was very disappointed last year that we didn't make progress last year. Whereas in year one, I wasn't disappointed because I found it a very difficult year. Um, last year, last year we just weren't making sufficient progress, or, um, and we, we should have been more. We got ten points last year. We targeted ten points, but it just wasn't enough to get us up. Whereas, whereas this year we said, listen, we simply need to do better. And the result against Leash at the first game of the year put us under a lot of pressure. Um, simply because every game after that was a must-win game. Um, but thankfully, we have managed that. Without giving anything away to Porrick Joyce, for a Connacht final of this stature against last year's All-Ireland finalists, how do you start your tactical approach? Do you start from, how can we get our best game out of us? Or is it, do you start from, let's look at Galway, how do we stop them and make life as difficult for them? Where do you start from? I suppose, Austin, there's a couple of things in that. Um, one is that... 
uh, the approach I would like to take for the Connacht final is one where whereby we learn something about ourselves. Um, because I want to bring it through the next three games uh, in the All-Ireland series. So I don't want this to be a wasted opportunity where we have uh, put all our eggs in one basket and, and have failed or otherwise in it. So on this occasion, um, I would love to look at the Connacht final as a game that we can approach positively, that we can try our best to play football, that we can uh, showcase what uh, is positive about us. If that works out, fine. If it doesn't, then, then so be it, you know. Um, but getting the balance between doing that and not being naive is, I suppose, where we have to, to strike that balance. I watched them, obviously, the weekend there against Roscommon, and they're very powerful, they're very strong, they're, they're very good. So um, anything we do is going to be a challenge, but I think that's a challenge that we are actually looking towards uh, and not run, one that we're running away from. So uh, how the game pans out, we don't know. Well, on that point, people will talk about the perceived gap between the top-tier teams and, and the Sligos, etc., and that's fair enough, but surely your players are absolutely itching to see how close they are to the Galways, to the Tyrones, to the Kerrys, to whoever they end up playing over the next month and a half. I think that's, I think that's very true. Our players are looking forward to that. We are 20 places maybe behind Galway. Galway's a top four, top five team in the country and we're probably sitting at you know, 24, 25 at this stage. So um, there is a huge gap there in, in respect to league standings. But... I think all of these players want that opportunity. Uh, I mentioned somewhere before that um, had it not been for this All-Ireland series, that we would not get the chance to play these teams. Um, Galway aside, maybe in the Connacht final, but the other All-Ireland series teams, um, because we're in Division 4 and now in Division 3, so it's unlikely we're going to get to Division 1 in the near future. So I think the opportunity to play these is something that we're looking forward to in testing. And we have players in that, in that dressing room um, who I believe have the qualities of Division 1 teams. And... Um, you know, we'll know, I guess. As a matter of interest, were you tempted to pluck any of the current under-20 side for your senior panel this year, or has scheduling just decreed that they go and do their thing and you do yours? Um, it's not so much uh, scheduling, it's more of an agreement with the county board. So two years ago, we have agreed with the county board that we would not look at under-20 players until the under-20 season was over. Um, and I think that's fine, because we need, need to give them time to develop and express themselves. And we really don't want a situation that, for example, the Derry under-20s are in at the minute. That's very disciplined of you because not every county does that. Um, yeah, but to be fair, it's a, it was a county board decision or a county, okay. I guess, from Sean Carroll, a county chairman decision. We were involved, obviously, in it, and he consulted with us. You know, but um, I think players need to be given time to develop at their own grades before we bring them through. There's enough time for whoever it is you know, um, to come into senior level and play senior football. And, and you know, we are delighted because we're feeding off the success that they had here as well. One final thought. From listening to you talking to other reporters, I detect you and Sligo are approaching this Connacht final not necessarily maybe as a traditional cup final top type game, but one of a series of All-Ireland matches that you, you are kind of taking these games in a group of four. Is that, is that accurate? Uh, that, that is accurate. Uh, certainly that's my viewpoint. Um, whether it's the players' viewpoint just yet or not, we'll have to see. This is our first meeting since, since, okay. the, uh, since the semi-final match. But certainly that's one that I will be uh, putting towards. This is a series of four games. This is a series of four games where we, we want to develop and learn and improve as we go through the four games. Um, and it's also one that we want to be looking for areas where we can actually get success. So, yes... Absolutely. Tony McEntee, the Sligo manager, speaking to Ocean FM Sports last night in Bacon, shortly before the team assembled for training. And if you were to make a list of the players who have been the biggest influence during Sligo's season to date... 
the new arrival, Pat Spillane Jr., would surely be in the conversation now in his second season with Sligo. He's been one of the eye-catching performers during their league run and Division 4 league success. He's been talking to Ocean FM Sport about how he became a Sligo player. It's two years ago now at this stage, so I had a, I just played the Dublin County Championship. We just lost the final against Kilmacud. Um, it had wrapped up in November. After a couple of weeks, um, I'd gone home to uh, for Christmas, and I got a phone call um, from the Sligo County Board, reaching out to see if I if I'd be interested in in joining the panel. Um, they were aware of the link I had um, to the county through my mother. Um, and uh, so I went away for a while, had to think about it, and eventually Tony McEntee reached out as well for a phone call um, to see if I'd be interested. And he shared a bit about the team and the setup, and I suppose the ambitions for the group. Um, and uh, yeah, after after a bit of time thinking about it, uh, committed to it. And uh, yeah, so that was last year, and uh, now into my second season playing playing with the county. Was Sligo on your radar at all at the time? Um, it would have been from a from a young age. Um, I was always aware of the rule and and the link to the county, and I suppose I never anticipated that I'd be living in Dublin, um, or had ever had the opportunity to have played for Sligo. It was just something that I knew was a was a possibility. Um, I suppose when I when I moved to Dublin and was playing my club football, um, you know, it, it still wasn't on my radar. Um, but uh, I suppose that's only really when it became a real possibility so um, yeah I suppose it came out of the blue for me um, when I got that phone call And the first training session when you came down and linked up with the players did it feel seamless enough or was it a major adjustment for you? Um, it, it was in fairness I think um, it was as seamless as it could have been obviously it was a big, a big gamble I suppose as I didn't know anyone in, in the county um, my mother's family would have all moved away as well so I, I suppose I didn't have anyone there so I was heading into the unknown in some sense but um, made very made very easy and seamless by, by the group of players there um, very very friendly group of lads very welcoming group of lads and, and good to have a, a young team as well around the same age as myself which uh, made the transition easy from listening to you, one of the first things that strikes me, I don't hear much Kerry in you. That probably comes from Dublin being a, a fair portion of your life. Yeah, I, I don't know. I get, I get that quite a bit. I don't think I ever had quite a strong Kerry accent when I was down home either. I'd say that's probably the, the mother <laughs> has toned it down some bit. So no, um, fairly neutral. Or maybe when you go home to the kingdom for a holiday or whatever, maybe it comes out a bit then, does it, the brogue? Good start to spike again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you must be pleased with how you've fitted in with Sligo and how your football has developed because you've won quite a few plaudits for the manner of your displays and the way you've integrated yourself in the black and white. Yeah, um, I suppose obviously um, happy at an, at an individual level, but I suppose as a team, even in just the space of two years, it's been massively enjoyable to, to be a part of this group and just to see, I suppose, how much we've improved in a short space of time. Um, I feel like we, we've gotten better and better as the weeks have gone on since since last season. We're growing in confidence all the time. And I suppose that's one of the big big benefits of being a young team. The more football we're playing and the more experience we're getting, the, the better we're getting. So, um, yeah, we're, we're going in the right direction and it's been really enjoyable. Is it a very different experience to playing with St. Jude's in Dublin? Um, I suppose it is. It isn't. It isn't really like, um, in fairness to St Jude's, like it's a, it's the, I th- and I think all the the Dublin senior clubs are, 
are a brilliant setup. Um, they're all close enough to inter-county standard, but in, in fairness to Sligo, I think the the thing that's really impressed me has just been the, the quality of footballers. Um, they're serious, serious talent in this group and, and in the county, and I think it's probably clear from, from what's going on at an underage level as well with the schools, um, with the 20s, with the minors, that there's you know really, really good crop of players coming through there. So no, it's been, I've been very impressed by the players here. And obviously you came here to hopefully try and win something, which you've done already, a Division 4 league title. Yeah, um, great, great to, to, to any day you win silver in Crow Park, obviously is a, a very special day, something that not too many footballers can say they've done, so brilliant to, to get that bit of success for the county, but I suppose for us it's a, it's a starting point. Um, you know, we want to set our ambitions higher. We want to move up the league, hopefully, in the next couple of years. So, um, yeah, great to, great to pick up silverware in year two, but hopefully there's more to come. We've spoken to your dad a couple of times over the past two years since you started playing for Sligo. Do you talk much about the Sligo scene and what's happening here? We do indeed, yeah. I'd say we've probably spoken more about Sligo football than we have anything else over the last... Um, the last two years, so no, we're he, he's fully invested in it. But um, yeah, he's definitely been been keeping a closer eye on things as well. And I think his his knowledge of the county, the players, and the clubs as well has has greatly improved as well since I've joined. Are you very different personalities, or are there some similarities? Some similarities, but I'd say com- <laughs> actually I'd probably lean more towards complete completely different. Um, I'd probably be a lot more laid back than him. Um, but. Uh, yeah, no, no, two two different people are right, but I suppose we share the same the same passion for football. Anyways, that's the main thing. I read, I think, an interview you did with the Irish Independent recently, where where you you implied that playing for Kerry wasn't necessarily an ambition of yours. No, it wouldn't have been. Um, I've I suppose growing up, um, I would have played a lot of sports. I suppose basketball would have actually nearly been my first love. Um, growing up playing that in Kenmare and playing that with football I would have played rugby and soccer as well and I suppose from a Gaelic football perspective I wouldn't have made the minors of the 21s and, and in Kerry it's a real I suppose um, for the most part it's a system where you know unless you're on the minors or 21s realistically you probably won't be fast tracked into a senior setup so I never played underage so I suppose I never had realistic ambitions and I was okay with that as well so no it's just the way just the way I suppose it, it panned out um, that I never really had that goal in mind. So we've got a couple of basketball players in this Sligo team. Your one, Kean Lally, is another. But I suppose on a serious point, they are transferable skills. What you would have learned playing basketball growing up lends itself to Gaelic football in many ways. Yeah, I think from a skills perspective, um, definitely in terms of fast hands, playing with the head up, um, uh, cutting and moving I think it's all it's very transferable and I, I'd probably tell any footballer who has the chance to play basketball in the off season to do it that it's massively beneficial but I think the other side of it is the movement on a football pitch now has become so like basketball in terms of the looping for scores and moving around to create space so there's a there's a lot of parallels there so um, no I've, I've found it very beneficial for my football being based in Dublin, is that a kind of an advantage for someone like yourself that you, you, you don't have to be over immersed in your playing county? You come for training and matches, but you it, it's, it makes it easier for you to switch off and switch out of the scene? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's, you know, it's good as well to be able to switch switch off, um, especially when we're, we're training so much and playing so much. I know it's probably different for the lads there this week. 
um, you know, being down home in, in the build up to a Connacht final. Um, but I suppose for me, it's good. I'm I'm able to to get away from it. I need to switch on when when I have to switch on. Um, so it's good for the head. And now you're getting ready for a Connacht final with Sligo against Galway, and then an All Ireland Sam Maguire series, which guarantees you at least three more matches. Are you? looking forward to testing yourself against some of the so-called bigger counties to see just how far Sligo are progressing? Definitely, yeah. It's, it's huge for the group, huge for the development. As I said, for a young team, we're, we're going to get better and better the more games we play. And obviously, you know, you're going to fast-track your development by playing against those higher division teams, testing yourselves above the, you know, the, the top standard teams in the country. Um, we took a lot from the Cavan game last year, and I suppose for us, Playing against a recent Ulster champion and showing that we were able to compete with them, you know, gave us gave us a lot of confidence. So, um, yeah, we're looking forward to the challenge. No doubt, it's going to be a big step up versus the teams we've played against, but but we're ready for that. And uh, yeah, we'll be looking to, to to put in performances against those teams. And amongst the players, there's no sense that this is happening too soon, is there? No, there isn't. Um, I think that's just the group of players, really. I think the, we're an ambitious group, and we want to to drive up the divisions and, and, and keep progressing and I think for us as well we've taken a lot of confidence from what the 20s have done um, I suppose in that sort of fearlessness they've shown that they've gone up against the big teams um, and really I suppose putting putting Sligo football on the map again so um, you know there, it, it can never be too soon for that whether we win or lose um, it's going to be massive for the development of this group and, and beneficial for us going forward and finally, you've turned your dad into a die-hard Sligo supporter. Do you get much correspondence or messages from friends or relatives in Kerry about your Sligo exploits? <laughs> Indeed, yeah. I think he's not the only man I've turned into to a Sligo supporter now. All my all my friends and family back home are, are really on board with it as well and have been, been tuning into all the games that they can and keeping an eye on results. It's brilliant. Um, you know, I've taken a lot of enjoyment from that as well over the last two years. Um, so yeah, it's great, great to have, great to have them behind me as well. You're 25 years of age, Pat. I think you sound like someone who's enjoying his football right now. Yeah, that's the main, the main thing above anything else is just really, really enjoying it. Um, it's the most enjoyable football I've played, being honest. Um, with this Sligo team, just the the style of football we're playing, the setup, and just the the people involved and the players as well. It's it's a really, really good group to be a part of, and yeah, it's always a good sign when you're you're looking forward heading to train and. Um, and enjoying match days. And I know finally your mum Rosari keeps a low profile, but privately, is she thrilled that you're in black and white and not green and gold these days? She is, yeah. No, she 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 definitely is, yeah. No, she's 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 taken a lot of enjoyment out of the last last few weeks. Um yeah, so no, she's she's delighted to see me in the black and white. The voice of Sligo's Pat Spillane speaking to Ocean FM Sport ahead of the Connacht final against Galway on Sunday week. Barely a hint of a Kerry accent, sounding more Sligo by the week. Uh, his mum, Rosari, of course, hails originally from the Carrow area of Sligo and grandparent connections in Ballymote as well. We're on 083 530 by WhatsApp and by text. The Final Whistle with Austin O'Callaghan. Ocean FM. Ocean FM. 
Well, the new National Surf Centre complex in Strandhill isn't officially open for business yet, but it is in the running for two awards at tonight's Irish Construction Excellence Ceremony in Dublin. Those awards taking place as we speak. Colony-based Arkin Construction were the building contractors on the project, which was finished in Strandhill last year. And the Surf Centre has been shortlisted as a finalist in the leisure category of the Construction Excellence Awards and also for overall Project of the Year. Stephen Clancy is Director of Arkin Construction. We commenced the project in July 2021 and we were complete in October 2022, so around 15 months. From very early on in the project, uh, it garnered an awful lot of interest. Um, as people seen what was being built there, it there was, there was an awful lot of interest uh, throughout the job. There was a lot of work put into the job in, at the very beginning, uh, organising it. Um, we knew there was, was huge challenges with the job. Um, but just just to, to finally bring it to to completion and um, to to have a finished product like that was was very uh, satisfying. Do you think it'll stand out? People will notice this place. It it'll definitely stand out. It's a it's a really unique building. No matter where you see a picture of this building, you're going to know where this building is. And that's for sure. That's Stephen Clancy of Arkin Construction. If you haven't seen the building yet, you can see it on the main promenade at Strand Hill. It's impressive from the outside. I can't wait to see the full thing inside once it's officially open. And those awards, the Irish Construction Excellence Awards, taking place right now in the Convention Centre in Dublin. And if we have any news before we finish at nine, we will certainly bring it to you. Well, in junior soccer locally, MCR are nearly there now in the Southern Hotel Super League. Last night's 5-1 win away to Manor Rangers means they need just one more point from the remaining two league fixtures to clinch the title. Title rivals Carberry, who remember are going for six in a row of Super League titles, they beat Kalani United 6-1 last night to keep the race mathematically alive. MCR, six points clear of Carberry with two games to go. But a result for Gary Funston's side on on Saturday evening against Colry Bowes in Hazelwood would do the trick. Gary spoke to Ocean FM Sports' Donald Ryan after their 5-1 win last night. Yeah, it was excellent. Yeah, it was the first time we've been behind, I think, all season, bar obviously the Carry game we lost. So, bit of a test out here, you know, they're tough to get ahead, they're hard to beat, but we, we, we had five minutes, we kind of panicked a little bit and then we settled down and we just waited for it to come to us and it did, thankfully. It was a bit of a slow start and you went behind to a fine goal as well. Yeah, yeah, good, yeah. Big Seamus Ryder doesn't miss too many when he gets in one on one, and he did a great finish. And you know, as I say, five minutes we were a bit unsettled, a bit panicky, we, but we created loads of chances, loads of chances, and then eventually, once we got one, it sort of avalanched from there. Yeah, as soon as you went behind, you nearly went straight up the other end and scored, and then a couple of goals in before half time as well. Jordan Hart getting two, and Donna Crown getting two as well. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, but probably Gary Rooney's was probably important one, put us ahead. Uh, Gary was actually excellent because that little five, ten minutes we had, we were unsettled. He was the one that calmed us all down. You know, when he got then, he got the other leaders in the team, Never and Gary McCartney, and he got got them settled down. And that settled the younger lads into it. Once we got our flow back, we, we, were, we were always a better side and we just had to prove it. Yeah, your experience really showed tonight. Yeah, yeah, as I say, Gary Rooney started it and then Never and Belly and the boys carried it on. Our back fours excellently. They all played together now so, so many times that they just know, just let it come to you and, and our quality will show through. And it did. And Kyberry breathing down your necks, were you keeping an eye on the other game tonight? Uh, no, not really. No, nothing else really matters to us. If we do our business, we, nothing else really matters. I did hear it was one each at half time, but I actually, I actually didn't want the favour. I want to go and win it ourselves. 
And a tough one against Collier next time out. You could win the league with that one. Yeah, well, that's, that'll be the plan. Do it as quickly as we possibly can. Yeah, so out there Saturday night. Probably the best side we've seen in Cranmore. Obviously, Bar Carberry beat us. But we, we beat Collier 3-2 and we're probably a bit lucky in the day to get away with it. So they, they, they'll be up for it. We'll have to match it again. MCR boss Gary Funston, his side on the verge of becoming Super League champions for the 2023 season. A mention too for their opponents last night, Manor Rangers, who lost 5-1. But they had a lot on their mind over the past seven days following the untimely death of one of their players, Oren Gethins, a talented soccer player and boxer who was tragically killed in a car accident on the outskirts of Sligo last weekend. Oren, who's in his 20s, was laid to rest today. The man Rangers player left his number nine shirt hanging on their dugout during last night's match as a mark of respect to the late Oren Gethins, our sympathy to his family and connections this week. Well, elsewhere, Sligo resident Kieran McHugh is spearheading a national campaign at the moment called In My Shoes. This is a charity shoe appeal which is going to ship pre-loved sports shoes from families across Ireland and the UK to township children in Lesotho and South Africa. Kieran's been speaking to Ocean FM Sports' Donal Ryan about the campaign. We're collecting pre-loved or used sports shoes, which is sneakers, trainers, football boots, uh, from all around Ireland. We're, we're using the National School Network. We've had some great support. Um, the Courier UPS has agreed finally to pick up donations of shoes from every school that's interested in the country, and that's going on over the last couple of weeks. Um, we're actually bringing them all back here to Sligo to be sorted, and then they're going to be shipped onwards and out to kids in the townships of Southern Africa. We're in uh, South Africa and Lesotho. So it's a very exciting project. We've had loads of interest. We've hundreds of schools taking part. Um, so it's, it's a very exciting project. It's fantastic to see a number of schools across the region taking part as well, but they're not the only ones getting involved. Sligo Rovers are having a collection event from 12 to 2 this coming Saturday in the showgrounds, but other League of Ireland clubs are getting involved as well, the likes of Finn Harps, Shamrock Rovers and St. Patrick's Athletic as well. To be honest, the support we've been getting for the project is huge. Uh, as I said, from the likes of, of UPS uh, doing collections to... Uh, Smurf and Kappa are producing boxes for us. Um, I'm out here in the in, in Sazerac, one of the major spirit distilleries of the world, who are the new owners of the uh, of Hazelwood House, not Gill Distillery, are provide us the sorting premises. But yeah, we we were to- started talking to Sligo Rovers about how they could help us, and the support has been absolutely massive from the from the team there. As you said, they they are running a campaign uh, this weekend where uh, people can drop in their shoes directly into the showgrounds uh, from 12 to 2 on Saturday. And they've also introduced us to a number of other clubs around the country. We've, we've had you know, really spectacular support. Um, for example, St. Pat's have done a collection already. So we have a consignment of shoes making their way to Sligo over the next couple of days from there. They've also pushed it out to schools in their area and some of the clubs. And this weekend, is that our, our neighbours up the road in Finn Harps um, are doing a number of incentives. One of them is they're, they're running collections uh, before their two games at the weekend. I think it's uh, 8 o'clock on Friday and 8 o'clock on Monday. It's a... It's a busy weekend, as you'll know well, in in, uh, in sporting world. And then on uh, also on Friday, uh, Shamrock Rovers, who, ironic, were, were playing on Friday evening, are holding... Uh, they, they've hooked up with the uh, Tallah Shopping Centre and also Skechers Ireland, and they're running a, a huge event up there where the whole first team is coming in, the mascots, they're doing prizes and giveaways, and uh, they're pushing that out. I think there's some 12,000 12, followers on uh, emails. So we're expecting a huge, uh, huge uptake from that. So really the, the support that we're seeing for this, our first national campaign, 
has, has been you know colossal. Um, we re- really appreciate it. So we're encouraging anyone to to get under the cupboards, uh, get under the stairs, and, and uh, up in the attics and dig out any shoes. The, um, it, it's a it's a real risk. It's a real issue here in Ireland that everywhere that sports shoes uh, can't be recycled because there's so many different plastics in them that they have to be sent to landfill. So we're really getting them out uh, to people that without shoes they struggle to get to school. And uh, we're working with a lot of sporting NGOs in South Africa. I think we have seven or eight of them um, that we're dealing with, and they've got uh, they're getting you know they struggle to get funding for coaching facilities for pitches uh, in some of the poorest areas of the world. And for us to be able to get shoes out to them to have a second life in South Africa, it, it really is life-changing for these guys. So I suppose it does make sense for the sports clubs because they are facilitating sport uh, in, in an area that, is, that doesn't have the same opportunities that we take for granted here in Ireland. So it, it, it's a very direct and real connection. And I'll be out in Africa again later on this year and I'll be uh, getting footage back of from some of the sporting clubs. And, you know, th- there is potential future for ongoing link-ups between some of these uh, sports soccer clubs around Ireland and some of the some of the teams out in uh, in South Africa so uh, it, it could be interesting times ahead Certainly a worthwhile cause uh, Kieran. and with Sligo Rovers playing both St. Patrick's Athletic and Shamrock Rovers over the course of this upcoming bank holiday weekend it's almost a, an In My Shoes derby weekend it is, it is. Well, I, I know I'm a psycho man and I was at the showgrounds last weekend uh, and my, uh, my my 10-year-old wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be hugely happy to hear me saying it. it's a win-win really for, for In My Shoes this weekend no matter, uh, no matter what the scores are. As long as we get loads of shoes, uh, we're happy. Kieran McHugh, uh, who is spearheading the In My Shoes charity appeal, both locally and nationally. And there's still another five or six days for shoes to be gathered and donated. Uh, what they're looking for, sports shoes for kids in the township areas of Lesotho and South Africa. They need to be in reasonable, Nick. And there are a whole lot of donation plans in situ and uh, organised already through the primary school network in Sligo and beyond. So maybe talk to your son or daughter if they're of primary school age. They may know more about this than you do. Or if you want more information and to find out where you can donate your shoes and how you can donate it, visit the website inmyshoes.ie and all the info is there and donations are being accepted until next Wednesday when plans then are moved to ship the shoes out to Africa. So let's try and get that line on the defence when you don't have the ball, okay? Ready? Play. Go. Have a run, don't be afraid to have a run. Well done, good girl, good pass. Play on, well done. Good, excellent, play it, play it. That's it, pick up, run. Keep going, run, 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 tagger, tag. Look for the pass, look for the pass, great pass. Well, that's the voice of well-known Sligo and Connacht rugby coach Gavin Foley. He was one of a number of sporting coaches and mentors taking part in the Girls Active Festival last Friday at Cleaver Park in Sligo, which was organised by Sligo Sport and Recreation Partnership, promoting physical activity amongst teenage girls in the Northwest region. And this is alongside the Her Move 
Boost campaign promoting physical activity, which has been launched over the past four weeks nationwide. And the Her Moves campaign is targeting inactive teenage girls or those at risk of dropout in sport, helping them reframe what sport is and is all about to encourage them to more opportunities and to embrace sport and physical activity in general. Well, Ocean of M Sport paid a visit to the Girls Active Festival last Friday and we heard from Kate Frahill, who is Community Sport Development Officer with Sligo Sport and Recreation Partnership. So today we have 150 girls from nine different schools and centres from across County Sligo. So they participate in a programme called Girls Active every year and we bring them together to celebrate today at the Girls Active Festival. So we've split them up into nine different groups. So they're mixed in with all the different groups and schools from across Igo. And um, they're just brought together to celebrate the programme and try different activities together. So it's just a little bit out of the ordinary and trying something new, different ways to exercise. It's not overly competitive, is it? Absolutely not. No, this is just all about fun today. It's just trying new things and just being active. So it's not about competition. It's not about how good you are. It's just about enjoying it. And what age brackets are we talking about here? Today we have... Everybody is around 13 to maybe 20. So most of them are secondary schools, but we also have um, a training centre as well. So the ages vary. And would these be girls who are already very active in sport or would it be a mixture of participation levels and abilities? No, it's a mixture of everybody today. So uh, some mightn't do much at all and some might do a little bit here and there, but it's, it's all just a little bit of fun for everyone. Why in your mind is this so important? Um, I think it's important because we need to show the different ways to do physical activity and the importance of it and how good it is for us. It's not all about competition. It's just about getting out there, moving and enjoying yourself. So it's good. It's not about cups and trophies. It's about being physically active to enjoy life better. Yeah, exactly. It's just about being physically active and enjoying it and getting out there with your friends and moving and the importance of that and the benefits of it. And it's not about the cups and trophies and... You know, it's just about having fun. Yeah, and they're all in. They're all colour coded too by by school. And while it is enjoyment, is there a little bit of school rivalry here? Do you detect today? <laughs> I, I, I hope not. I, I don't think there is. I think they're actually mixed in. So just say that pink okay. group, for example, there could be six different schools and that we oh, split right. them so they get to mix and mingle with each other. So, yeah. Kate Frahel from Sligo Sport and Recreation Partnership. And we spoke to some of the school participants at Cleaver Park last Friday as well. Here's what they thought of it. My name's Hannah. I'm from Grange. My name's Brooke. I'm from Grange. My name's Alana and I'm from Grange. My name's Sandra and I'm from Mercy College. My name's Keisha, I'm from Mercy. My name's Aoife, I'm from Mercy. My name's Chris and I'm from Clostora. So Keisha, I saw you doing what looks like pyramid gymnastics. Can you describe what you've just been doing there? Oh, we were like balancing on each other. <laughs> it's kind of hard, not going to lie. Yeah, it looked hard. Was it, was it fun? Yeah, it was. Yeah. What was the toughest part of it? Balance. Okay. And strength. That's right. Okay. So you kind of had to work together as a yeah. team, did you? Yeah, yeah. Would you do much of this in Grange, this sort of aerobic ac- exercise? No, not really. Yeah, yeah. So it's something new to try, is it? Yeah. yeah. And would you guys be, would you play sport in school or at home in North Sligo? Yeah, sometimes. Okay, okay. But it's nice to get out and be a bit active, is it? Mm-hmm. What's been the best bit today, Hannah? Well, this is the only thing that we've done, so... Okay. Yeah, so what, what else will you be doing? What, 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 what other sports or, dis- or activities are going to be here, do you know? Rugby, um, 
rowing, uh, cycling and a triathlon or something. Okay. That's pretty good uh, range of sports. So are the Ballymoat girls, is there something here you're looking forward to trying? Uh, no. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> is it kind of competitive here? Like, are you trying to do better than the Mercy girls or yeah. not? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm joking, we're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A small bit. Well, what about rugby? There's going to be tag rugby here today. Is that something you'd like to try? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and then outdoor rowing. And what, what are the other ones over there? What's the other sports over there that you can see? Triathlon, I think. Some of the girls participating in the Girls Active Festival at Cleavera Park in Sligo, 150 of them, were there trying a variety of sporting disciplines, including outdoor rowing machines on the grass, among other disciplines. Let's hear from Donegal's Nora Stapleton, who's been leading the Her Moose campaign nationally, which is promoting physical activity amongst teenage girls in particular in this country. Nora's a former Ireland Rugby International, played in a women's FEI Cup final with UCD in soccer and of course played senior inter-county football with her native Donegal. Today she's the women in sport lead at Sport Ireland. We do an awful lot of work to try and get more people across Ireland active and teenage girls um, is a big target group of ours. We know that girls participate less in sport um, than boys and we know that they drop out of sport at a much quicker rate than boys when um, kind of they transition into secondary school and through their teenage years um, and so we're trying to discover well what can we actually put in place to try and reduce this dropout rate um, because we've done a lot of work with the teenage girls we've done heaps of consultation with them and research with them um, and what they're telling us is that they, they feel like you know some of the they have barriers of course but some of these things it's more around their attitude towards sport and you know we hear heard comments of girls saying oh well i'm not sporty or there's nothing i can try from scratch i'm not as good as the others on the team so i just it's i just wanted to quit um some are saying well i'm not interested in the sports that are currently offered to me um, or I don't have time to commit to sports. So what Her Moves is, and we've spent a good bit of time creating this, but Her Moves really is to create a campaign, an awareness campaign, and a really a brand that girls can resonate with, that when they see a programme or initiative, or when they see information um, on social media relating to Her Moves, that they know that this is a space for them. It reframes sport, or our aim is to try and reframe sport in girls' minds that they can... They they can try anything that you know these programs maybe are created um, are chances for them to try something new to learn a new sport it's a non-judgmental space it doesn't matter whether they've played before or not it doesn't matter how little or how much they take part in it and um, but really it's to just and um, give them an opportunity to try new sports and then even to try sports maybe that they fell out of but um, it's now set up in a way that is more enjoyable to them and you know a lot of the her moves will be built around non-competition orientated structures so girls aren't coming to um, a her moves program to try and you know get better at something and get picked for a team and go off and play at the weekend or to compete in a, a timed event or anything like that it's really saying like let's just 
get moving. We're, we're all happier when we're moving. We're all made to move. Um, and certainly the girls that are starting to take part in these programs um, are really being inspired by it. And we're seeing them posting stories on social media about their own exercises or exercise that they're doing and their own physical activity when they're going for a jog and when they're in school and they're just taking, you know, playing a bit of basketball during the day or at lunchtime, they're starting to tell their story, which is motivating um, other girls to, to, to simply, you know, to, to move, basically. And that's what the campaign is all about. And just to take up that last point you make, Nora, about the competitive nature of sport and her moves attempts to tackle and, uh, to use your phrase, reframe that, that it's... That sport, you know, maybe that is the thing in people's heads, male and female, that instinctively people think of sport in competitive terms rather than in physical movement terms. Yeah, exactly. And like our sports, like sport is amazing. You know, as a, a former athlete, I absolutely love sport. I was that girl who just played all every sport I could get my hands on through my teenage years. Um, but I also was friends with plenty of girls who didn't. Um, but I think like sport, as we know it, um, is really it's built mainly around a competition orientated structure or pathway. So you you join maybe as a five, six, seven year old and, and you play at your under eights, your under tens, whatever it might be. Um, and now we are seeing a lot of non-competition orientated structures at that really low level. But when it gets into teenage years, if it's only competition that I can take part in as a teenager, um, then that means that if if I feel that I'm not up to the standard of others around me, and um, particularly girls and everything else that's going on in their lives, uh, they start to disengage because they don't want to be seen as the last person in the race or they don't want to be seen that their times aren't improving um, or if they're not getting picked. You know, the reason they're going to train is because they enjoy it. They love running around. They love learning new skills. And, and all these things are still important in her moves. Like they, they still want to learn new skills. They still want to meet people. They still want to feel like they're getting fit. Um, they still want those moments of pride where, you know, they never thought they'd ever run 1K and now they're able to do 5Ks. Um, but it's how that's positioned for them. And it's not that you're, we're training them to, that that is the goal, that you're going out to run a race at the end of it or you're going out to play a match um, at the end of it because these are things that are deselect, taking the girls away and yeah, at the minute, you know, we just have to be honest that not everybody wants that type of structure in sport. So as I said, the National Governing Bodies of Sports are absolutely fantastic because, uh, you know, we all, we love our role models. We love following our, our Irish teams and our Irish athletes. Um, and so we're not trying to change how sport is delivered in its entirety to girls around Ireland or anything like that. What we're trying to do is add on another option um, for these girls to take part in sport and to really enjoy it and to really love taking part in the activity um, and to feel like they, they belong there. Um, because that's what sport gives. You know, if you're involved in sport, you feel like you belong to your team and, you know, there's such a great kind of tribe mentality in that. And these girls don't get access to that when they don't, they're not given an opportunity to be part of these groups. So how do we still give them that? But we're saying you don't have that added pressure of everything being about winning. Um, 
so yeah I, I think it's going to be great you know we're really excited about the brand it's already like starting to uh, land with a lot of people as I said we're already seeing lots of girls talking about it and, and I guess more importantly you know it's not just for the girls themselves either like this brand and what we're creating here where we really are trying to create something that also resonates with teachers their parents and um, their coaches the people who are important in these girls lives and um, because we think if we can provide tips and guidelines and guidance to that kind of secondary audience that they are they're the ones that can help motivate and influence these girls as well um, and that could be anything from you know if you're a parent and you're wondering about buying your your teenage daughter her first sports bra for example well you know what I haven't a notion about it, so what should I be doing? You know, we want to be able to provide information there um, that might help you in that or just kind of prompt some some things for you to think about. Same with periods, for example, and, and girls taking part um, in sport on their periods. There's some myths out there, whereas, you know, of course you can you can play when you're on your periods. Um, so it's just making sure that we have information up there that's relevant for everyone to try and support these girls and uh, you know, help or enable them to take part in more and new activities. And you have a website for Her Moves. What's the address? Um, so, yes, we have a website. So, hermoves.ie is our, our hub, as we're calling it. And up there, uh, it has information for the girls. Um, we'll be putting case studies up there, interviews. Um, we have information on site programs that might be occurring around the country that maybe you want to get a, you know get involved in or take part in. Everything from surfing programs in Mayo to um, teen gym programs in Limerick um, in Cork. You know, there's loads happening. Skate squad or uh, roller skating um, stuff in Dublin. Uh, it's just there's going to be lots and lots of information up there, and everything is to inspire and help. And you know, I said to the teachers, the parents, the coaches. I really think that'll you know over time that's going to be a fantastic hub for us to go to and um, to seek more resources on this this kind of target group and this audience of teenage girls. And um, we're also really active across social media. Nora Stapleton uh, speaking to us earlier this week. She is Women in Sport Lead at Sport Ireland on the Her Moves campaign. Hermoves.ie is the website address if you'd like more information on that campaign and its reach and objectives. A reminder that this programme is available as a podcast each week on Ocean FM. .ie and wherever you get your podcasts, we're back next week, same time, same place.